0: grant my last request and just let me hold you don't shrug your shoulder. all right look um ufc 252 went down last night this morning if you're in the uk and this fight was to determine the greatest ever heavyweight of all time the goat if you will the goat fucking hell, look at all those grey hairs getting old innit getting old um but yeah so this is this fight was to determine the greatest heavyweight of all time um, that's how they marketed it. Whether that's an actual fact, it's, you, can't, you can't determine whether it's a fact or not because it's objective. It's not subjective. I might have got that twisted up, but you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's a matter of opinion. You can't just say this is a fact, that the, the, the winner of this fight is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, but there's a very, 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 very strong argument to be had. So look, Stipe obviously came out victorious. Excuse me while I spill water all over my shorts. So st- oh, I forgot to put socks on. Usually I put socks on because people can see, see the old feet in the mirror behind me. And I don't like showing my naked feet to their world, you know. But fuck it. we got to roll with it. Um, so, yes, D-Pay won. Unanimous decision. 49-46, 49-46, 48-47 on one of the cards. Now, look... <clears throat> Clearly, I didn't make a video before the fight. I didn't make my usual pre-fight video because I had a bit. I'm going to stop telling people that I've had a busy week because everybody's busy. And if you've committed to doing stuff like this, like me making videos for YouTube, then I should follow through with that commitment. And I just don't. I don't. Um, this is obviously a hobby, but I should really be more kind of on it. You know, I'm more fucking proactive. But um, yeah, it was, it was actually my birthday this week. 1034 on Wednesday, 30 fucking four, but I don't look a day over 35 genes, genetics. Um anyway, so look. Before this fight, right? I was talking to my guy Eddie on WhatsApp. Eddie from the States, he's from Florida, Florida, and I met him through YouTube actually. And um he said to me, Who you got? And I said, I've got Stepe Miocić. Um, but it's a pick-and-fight. It's a 50-50 fight. I've got a hair in my mouth. It's a 50-50 fight. And the reason I had Stepe Miocic, I felt like, right, and my, my evaluation before this fight happened may be incorrect, but the way I saw it is Daniel Cormier was focusing on, oh, I gassed, I had a bit of a back injury, which left my... My kind of my body exposed to strikes, and blah blah blah, etc. etc. He was finding I wouldn't want to say excuses, but reasons why Stipe won. Like deficiencies in his own game, which is good. It's good to identify um, things that you can improve on. But the things that he was identifying were down to injury and fatigue, rather than technical deficiencies. And with that being said. If you, if you in your head think that the reason I lost is because um, isn't to do with how I fought technically, it's more down to do with exterior kind of inf- exterior influences. Then it kind of spells out to me that going into the fight, you're not actually going to make many changes. One thing that I liked about what Cormier said before the fight is. Stipe Miocic is a very strong wrestler. I can't just, it's not as simple as just going in there and taking him down. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, like, there was a lot of noise about, oh, you know, um, Daniel Cormier. All he's got to do is, like, wrestle Stipe Miocic. Like, Stipe Miocic doesn't know how to wrestle. Like, Stipe Miocic doesn't, doesn't know how to get up if he's been taken down. Like, it kind of felt like Stipe Miocic has been, had been disrespected a little bit. In the build-up to the fight. And I can see why, because obviously Daniel Cormier, you know, um, it was his retirement fight. And, you know, it was with to do with his legacy and this, that, and the other, blah, 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 etc., etc., etc. But I, maybe it's just my perception, but I just felt like Steve Miocic wasn't kind of being talked about the same way Daniel Cormier was, um, But just looking at the fight itself, watching it, I actually scored it like in my head, and obviously I didn't like. I haven't watched this forty-nine times like Luke Thomas did the the Volkanovski Holloway fight. I've just watched it the one time, and as I was watching it, um, I felt that Stipe Miocic was winning the first round until the very end when Daniel Cormier hurt him, it was a very close round, and I was kind of edging towards Stipe Miocic, but then when when Cormier landed that strike, and he kind of buckled Stipe Miocic, I gave it to Cormier. Similar sort of thing in the second round, where I felt like Cormier was edging it. Why is this hair from my moustache just fucking... Anyway, and then the second round, I felt like um, Daniel Cormier was winning the fight, and then right at the end, obviously, um, Stipe Miocic caught Cormier, put him on his arse, and he was in mount, and he was unloading on Cormier and, you know, if that fight, you know, if, there was, if that didn't happen right at the end of the round, if, it, if there was like 30 seconds left, there's a good chance that Stipe would have finished the fight there and then. Um, so I gave that round to Stipe, obviously. There's an argument to be had to say, is it a 10-8 round perhaps? No one obviously gave it a 10-8 round, but it's hard to determine what actually constitutes a 10-8 round in comparison with a 10-9 round. So let's just say it was a 10-9 round. Going into the, I think, th- I can't really remember clearly, but obviously, wait, hold on, hold on, the eye poke, which we'll come to. The third round, I gave to Stipe quite clearly. The fourth round was closer. A lot of people gave it to Cormier. I gave it to Stipe. The reason I gave it to Stipe is because he was doing a lot of clinch work. He was controlling the fight uh, for large portions of the fight. And like I know Cormier was catching um stipe with with shots and not just shots, significant strikes as they say but for me a significant strike yeah it's it's when when you you land a power punch you know not just a jab although um stipe's jabs were snapping fucking cormier's head all the way back um but anyway like a significant strike is when you can see it's a power punch that lands clean which which is what cormier done um on several occasions in that fourth round but also, I think you need to take into consideration how that affects the guy that's getting hit. And for me, it didn't look like Stipe was getting hurt at all. And I know fighters are are, are very, very good poker players where they hide, they, they're able to hide um, kind of pain and stuff like that. They, they're, they're able to hide the damage that's been caused by their opponent. But I just saw Stipe fighting the same fight that he was fighting before he got hit with a significant strike and after that significant strike, Um fifth round was, I think that was a clear, clear round for Stipe. Um, the eye poke, obviously, in the second round before Daniel Cormier got put on his ass was this. Like, it's just one of those things in fighting, and it? it happens. It happened to Stipe in the first round, and then it happened to Daniel Cormier in the second round. Um, yes, it did have a massive bearing on the outcome of the fight, but I don't want to take away from. Stipe's ability and the fight that Stipe fought because I don't know whether that eye poke would have changed the outcome of the fight. I don't know how significant that eye poke is. No one will ever know. Obviously, it did, it did have a major impact on what Daniel Cormier was able to do and what he wasn't able to do. Um, it had a massive impact on probably Daniel Cormier's depth perception, because he only had one fucking eye, and he's able to land clean on Stepe. But, like, if that hadn't have happened, was Daniel Cormier going on to win that fight? One will never know. One will never know. But, I just... It's a bit of a sad, sad situation. It's a sad, sad situation. What song is that? Anyway, um... It's a sad situation for Daniel Cormier because, like, this was it, innit? This was his last fight, this was his last dance, and for an eye poke to have an impact on the result, that's kind of Daniel Cormier's career in a nutshell, you know? Like, there was all this talk about Daniel Cormier being the GOAT and all of that, and even if Daniel Cormier won this fight, I don't know whether I would necessarily say he's the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Um, I definitely rank him up there. I definitely say he is one of the best that ever did it. But he came along in an era where John Jones is present, and I don't know. Even though he held two two championships in two weight classes, and you can put an asterisk on his light heavyweight reign if you want, because obviously John Jones wasn't available. I tend not to because that was John Jones' own doing. So, like Cormier can't. Control John Jones is misdemeanors outside of the octagon, all he can do is fight the people that put in front of him, and he literally beat everyone in that light heavyweight division apart from John Jones um, moving up to heavyweight um, i don 't know whether his heavyweight run and and, and and you have to look at his heavyweight run as a whole like before he became champion and once he was champion um, but before he became champion when he was up and coming, he literally beat everyone handedly handedly um but just, just, just off the strength of his his kind of resume, I don't know whether I would. Clearly, not now. Now that he lost this fight against Deepay, but just even if he had won it, I, I don't know whether I'd be comfortable saying he's the best that ever did it. Um, one thing that I will say is, if Daniel Cormier does retire, I think it's important to note that this is a man that, if one day I have children, people that do have children, this is a man that you'd be happy for your children to look up to. Like, he's a stand-up guy, he's done well in life, he's made shitloads of money, he's, he's achieved so much in his chosen uh, professions as a, as, a, as a wrestler to start with, and then a mixed martial artist. Um, he just seems like a really nice guy, everyone seems to like him. He's doing life the right way, isn't it? So even if he's not the greatest of all time, like, being a mixed martial artist is a small portion of your entire life. And not to get too fucking deep, but like, like, I don't know whether in the grand scheme of things it's that important to be called the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. Is it really that important when you seem to be living a life where your missus is happy, your kids are happy, everyone around you happy, you got friends, family that adore you, like, he he lives a fucking good life. And that's all anyone can ever want from life, I suppose, and, like, he's going to be present as a commentator, as an analyst for years to come. And as time goes on, like, all of these asterisks and things that have happened and, and arguments about how, just how good Daniel Cormier is, all of that dust is going to settle. And at the end of the day, you're going to see a man that was a champion in two different weight classes that has a decorated CV in terms of all of the people that he's beaten along the way. Um, and a man that's just a success in life. And I don't know about you, but I think achieving that far outweighs strangers calling you the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. That's my, that's my opinion on it. Um, obviously, as the fight happened, I don't know whether it was during the fight or after the fight, John Jones started piping up on Twitter put up or shut up either you're going to fight or you're not and I understand that there's you know an argument with the powers that be about how much you deserve or you think you deserve to be paid etc cetera, etc cetera. um but the fact I think it's going to rain the fact of the matter is like <laughs> it <laughs> it feels like a very calculated move on the part of John Jones like <laughs> I feel like he sees that <laughs> How can I say this? Stepe Miocic is 38 years old, right? And I don't know. I just feel like rather than a man stepping up into the next weight division to see just how good he is or to strive for greatness, it feels like he sees gaps and he sees um he sees things that he can exploit in different fighters in the heavyweight division. Which is why he now is choosing to kind of step up. Does that make sense? Like, it's not so much, let me test myself. It's more like, oh, I think, I, you know what? I think i can beat him. I think I can beat him because of this. I can beat him because of that. I, I can I can actually become um, a heavyweight champion of the world. Do you know what I mean? It's more calculated. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with managing your career. But it's just, just feels a little bit contrived from my point of view. Um... All of that stuff aside, let's focus on Stepe a little bit because hopefully he starts getting the respect he deserves. Like me personally, right? Let me just look at his um, his actual kind of his fight record because I feel like Stepe kind of doesn't necessarily get the respect he deserves because of he kind of he came into the UFC um, with six fights on his record and he's grown. As a heavyweight in the UFC. Do you know what I mean? So on his way he lost to Stefan Struve and then he had that epic fight with Junior de Santos and kind of me personally, and I don't know whether this, this is kind of this goes for anybody else, but when he fought when he fought um Fabricio Vadoom, I didn't give him a chance in hell. I didn't think he was gonna win. And obviously he beat Vadoom in the first round, and you know was that was that win kind of uh, not a tr- not the whole win, but was was elements of that win attrib- attributed to the fact that Vadoom was kind of fucking around, Do you know what i mean being overconfident being a bit being a bit cocky um but as his career progressed, I just feel like every time he fought someone, it was like, oh this is going to be a big test. I think the only time when like after the Overeem fight, and because Overeem was on a bit of a tear as well at that point, um, th- the first fight where I thought he's going to win is the Junior Dos Santos fight. And that was the fight for me where he turned a corner because he annihilated him. And if you compare that, that win in 2017 against the loss against him back in, when is it, 2014, you saw two completely different fighters. And at that point for me, he, he came into his element, he came into his own, and he showed just how good he is as a heavyweight. But I just don't like, even like the next fight against Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou. A lot of people were like, he. I don't think he was a favourite going into that fight. So I suppose the point I'm trying to make is, <sighs> hopefully now he gets the deserve that. He he gets the deserve. He gets the respect that he deserves because he's earned it. He's earned it, man. He's he's been at it in the UFC since. i I'll, I'll tell you when. I've got it right in front of me. He's been at it in the UFC since 2011. Do you know what I mean? Like that's nearly ten years, quick maths. But um, yeah, um, I'm a fan of Stepa Miocic. I like him, and I'm, I'm 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 happy for him that he's won, and I'm happy that it's a clear, concise victory. Even though there's an asterisk with the eye poke and stuff like that, but um, I, I I just think that Stipe deserves more respect than he actually gets. Now, moving on to the co main event, Marlon Chicho Vera against Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, now, this fight, there's not really much to say about this fight. The only thing that I will say is I don't know how Sean got that injury that he did. Clearly, he was injured, but it's according to Chicho Vera, he checked a kick, which is what caused the injury. I don't know again, like Luke Thomas did. I haven't watched this back 49 times. I don't know when this injury occurred. Clearly he was hurt, clearly he was largely immobile after that injury happened. But the way Vera finished the fight was quite emphatic. There's an argument to be had, and I don't want to pile on Herb Dean. There's an argument to be had. Did he did he did he did he pull Vera off a little bit early? Um, but then, like I say, I said this in a previous video. It's such a fine line. It's such a fine margin between being too early and too late. And I, I'd always err on the side of being too early. Um, and the fact that Sean Sugar Sean's leg was fucked. Like I was. I remember, like when I was watching the fight, I remember thinking, right, as soon as this round ends, if if I'm if I'm Sugar Sean's trainer, I'd be I'd be stopping the fight because what what's the point? What are you trying to prove? Um, but obviously the trainer didn't have to make that decision and Herb Dean stopped the fight. Now, before the injury itself, I felt like Sugar Sean was dominating the fight. I felt like he was, um, maintaining distance. Well, he wasn't letting Vera, um, come in striking range. He was keeping him, keeping Vera on the end of kicks. And then he was throwing the odd odd punch over the top, etc. Sugar Sean was fighting a very clean, very intelligent fight. Sugar Sean O'Malley is a very, very, very good fighter. Um, Look, I'm not a a huge fan of Sugar Sean, the Sugar Sean show outside of the Octagon. And maybe that's got something to do with my age because the sense of humor and the stuff that they talk about. I tried watching this podcast um, a little while back and the kind of conversations that they were having, they were were talking about like Twitch and playing computer games and stuff. And I don't play a computer. So it just wasn't for me, um, and I'm not going to sit here and say this. I mean, like, oh, you know, he—I don't like him. I know it's just—he's just very young compared to me, so just not my cup of tea, I suppose. But um, like, he's got—he's—he if he hasn't already, he should have your respect as a mixed martial arts fan because he is um, a very, very accomplished fighter, and for me, depending on how long. Um, this injury takes to heal, and it takes Sugar Sean O'Malley to come back. This fight needs to be run back because the circumstances um, in which um, Marlon Vera won this fight it's inconclusive. Do you know what I mean? It's inconclusive. It, you can't say that Vera is a better fighter because because of the injury. Now, look, even if even if the injury was caused by Vera checking a kick, even if that's the case. Um, then you have to give you have to give Vera full credit for winning this fight. But at the same time, it's kind of like a freak injury. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like a freak uh, occurrence in a fight. You don't see this happen um, often at all. So I think I think Sugar Sean O'Malley deserves a rematch against uh, Marlon Vera. And I don't really even know. I don't even know if there's. Footage out there that will determine exactly when this injury happened. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, The next thing that I want to talk about is... I always mess his name up. Jairzinho Rosenstrike against Junior De Santos. Uh, You know what I was thinking about when I was watching this fight? Like, it wasn't so long ago that Junior De Santos, like, was the man. Maybe it was long ago and maybe I'm just kind of misremembering things, but... Junior dos Santos was the champion. Do you know what I mean? Like he was up there. He was the guy. And in my head, it was like if, if um um, Cain Velasquez similar to how John Jones and Daniel Cormier were in the light light heavyweight division. Like if if Velasquez wasn't here at this point, Junior dos Santos would be a, a a dominant champion. And we've just seen him over the years. Kind of, it's weird because. Like he he's been taking loss after loss of late, right? But I I can't see like a I can't and obviously I, I I'm not no technician, but I can't see how his skills have deteriorated to the level where people are able to beat him so conclusively do you know what I mean I can't I can't sit here and say oh yeah he's gone slower or yeah he just you know the injuries have worn on him and he just can't move the way he used to I I don't know what it is that that has made him go on this run of defeats the way he the way he has you know and just watching this fight again he was getting the better of Rosenstrike. it seemed like he was winning the fight um I can't remember exactly but I think the first round um I think the first round I had Junior Dos Santos winning. The second round he was winning until he lost. Um, R- Rosen is a guy that I don't know. Well, where... I struggle to see the. I struggle to see what's the right way I putting this. I struggle to see his appeal in terms of a guy that ha- is a potential champion. Like I can't. I can't ever. See, I can't see him ever winning the belt because I. Like, admittedly, I haven't seen all of his fights, but I've seen him fight Overeem. I've seen him fight Nganou. I've seen this fight against um, Junior DeSantos. And he seems to be losing every fight that I've seen him fight. And two of them he's managed to pull out a knockout. Now, obviously, that's no knock on him because if you knock your opponent out, you knock your opponent out. But, like, I want to see him dominate a fight. I want to see him take it to his opponent. I want to see him beat someone conclusively and knocking someone out is beating someone conclusively but before that i want to see i want to see him um cause more damage to his opponent than his opponent is able to cause to him him and i don't know if i've seen that in any of his fights even though two of the ones that i've mentioned he ended up winning but they were just kind of like but then I don't know man, maybe I'm just talking shit. But I don't know, I just I just haven't seen him go in there and dominate someone and really just beat the shit out of them. But let me have a look at his record, because maybe I think I've missed no I haven't Especially with the top upper echelon guys, I just haven't seen him him handle handle his business the way the way the way you'd see a potential champion do it but yeah um finally murab uh, i i didn't look, i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't even watched the daniel pineda herbert burns fight because i'll tell you what happened i put my alarm on for three o'clock in the morning and then i've done another one for quarter past three and i just fucking slept all the way through him, all the way through him. i woke up at six o'clock in the morning and i had that feeling in my stomach like oh i missed the fights because i always like watching them live and then um, I started watching and then um, I just forwarded it straight to the Rosenstrike, the desantos fight. And then I watched the Vera-O'Malley and then the cormier um, Miocic fight. And then later on, I watched the uh, Mirab-DeValishvili Deva- fight against John Dodson. And John Dodson, I-, I don't know what his game plan was. I don't know what he was um, trying to achieve, but... To me, it just felt like he was resigned to defeat before the first bell even went. Like he—he he, he wasn't. He was. It was like he was scared about the takedown, and because he was scared about the takedown, he wasn't really throwing because he didn't want to give uh, Mirab a, an opening for the takedown, which basically rendered him. Like, what are you doing then? Like, he was literally doing nothing in that whole fight, and it's a bit harsh to say uh, because this is a guy that you know challenged for the belt once upon a time. But he just, I mean, I don't, I, it was just like he was waiting to get taken down. And in, in, that, in, in that time when he's waiting to get taken down, Mirab was landing strikes. How's Mirab outstriking John Dodson? The guy, he's, he's an accurate, fast striker. Like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like he was very, very inactive. And he just got dominated. And even going into the third round, because it's not like he was hurt. And it's not like um, Mirab had done anything that, that really got, dodson's attention by way of strikes etc so when you're when you're already two runs down it's easier said than done i know but it, i would have expected him to just go for it you know go for it fucking go for it and um he didn't he didn't and um and this is the result just a whitewash 30 27 it was a good card man i enjoyed it i enjoyed the fights um yeah, I mean, I I don't know whether the undercard was as stacked as it could have been, and I know it's difficult, whether you know, in these times of pandemic. But I, I just felt like this card was lacking something, and for all of the talk before the fight, before the you know the fights about you know this being um, you know for the for the greatest heavyweight of all time and this that and the other yada 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 blah blah blah. It, I, I was I wasn't really that kind of excited for the whole card as it were there wasn't any fight really that really you know grabbed me and and made me think oh i can't i can't wait for this fight i can't wait for this fight so yeah it is what it is let me know what you guys think put your comments below let me know what you think about the stuff that i've said throughout this video let me know what you guys think about the fight itself the stipe miocic and cormier fight do you think those eye pokes had um, a lot to do with the outcome of the fight just share your thoughts man. Just share your thoughts. I always uh, respond to comments apart from ones that are like rude and ignorant and fucking childish. Um but apart from that I do I do respond man. Um so yeah, that's it. That is my recap of UFC two hundred and fifty-two. Um if you haven't already subscribe, like, comment, share, all of that bollocks. Um one thing that I will say is um like these kind of longer videos always go on my podcast thing before because it's so much easier to to upload stuff on there just as a uh, audio file. It doesn't take as long. Um, so go in the go in the description below, and you'll see all of my all of my kind of um, links to different podcast platforms. So whichever one you use, you can find my podcast there. Subscribe, and this shit will be up there sooner before it goes on YouTube. Um, But yeah, that's it. I'll catch you guys next time.